section sixteen of the cathedral by jorical heismans translated by clara bell this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter sixteen the day had come for durtal to strap his portmanteau and set out with the abbe plomb he became fidgety with waiting as the hours went by at last unable to sit still he went out to kill the time but a drizzling rain drove him for shelter into the cathedral after offering his devotions to the virgin of the pillar he seated himself amid a camp of vacant chairs to meditate before interrupting the quiet monotony of my life at chartres by this journey shall i not do well to look into myself if only for a minute and take stock of what i have gained before and since settling in this town the gain to my soul alas it consists less in acquisitions than in exchanges i have merely found aridity in the place of indolence and the results of the exchange i know only too well of what use is it to go through them once more the gains to my mind seem to me less distressing and more genuine and i can make a brief catalogue of them under three heads past present and future in the past when i least expected it in paris god suddenly seized me and drew me back to the church taking advantage of my love of art of mysticism of the liturgy and of plain song still during the travail of this conversion i could not study mysticism anywhere but in books i knew it only in theory and not in practice on the other hand in paris i never heard any but dull lifeless music watered down as it were in women's throats or utterly disfigured by the choir schools in most of the churches i found only a colourless ceremonial a meagre form of service this was the situation when i set out for la trappe under that strict rule i found mysticism not only in its simplest expression written out and set forth in a body of doctrine but mysticism as a personal experience in action simply an element of life to those monks i could convince myself that the science of the soul's perfection was no delusion that the assertions of saint teresa and saint john of the cross were strictly true and in that cloister it was also vouchsafed to me to be familiar with the enjoyment of an authentic ritual and genuine plain song in the present at chartres i have entered on new exercises i have followed other traces haunted by the matchless grandeur of this cathedral under the guidance of a very intelligent and cultivated priest i have studied religious symbolism worked up that great science of the middle ages which is in fact a language peculiar to the church expressing by images and signs what the liturgy expresses in words or to be more exact it would be better to say that part of the liturgy which is more particularly concerned with prayer for that part of it which relates to forms and injunctions as to worship is itself symbolism symbolism is the soul of it in fact the limit line of the two branches is not always easy to trace so often are they grafted together they inspire each other intertwine and at last are almost one in the future by going to solem i shall complete my education i shall see and hear the most perfect expression of that liturgy and that gregorian chant of which the little convent of notre dame de l'atre by reason of the limited number of the brethren could only afford a reduced copy very faithful it is true but yet reduced by adding to this my own studies of the religious paintings removed now from the sanctuaries and collected in museums and supplementing them by my remarks on the various cathedrals i may explore i shall have travelled round the whole cycle of mysticism 
have extracted the essence of the middle ages have combined in a sort of sheaf these separate branches scattered now for so many centuries and have investigated more thoroughly one especially symbolism namely of which certain elements are almost lost from sheer neglect yes symbolism has lent the principal charm to my life at chartres it occupied and comforted me when i was suffering from finding my soul so importunate and yet so low and he tried to recapitulate the science to view it as a whole he saw it as a thickly branched tree the root deep set in the very soil of the bible from thence in fact it drew its substance and its nourishment the trunk was the symbolism of the scriptures the old testament prefiguring the gospels the branches were the allegorical purport of architecture of colors gems flowers and animals the hieroglyphics of numbers the emblematical meaning of the vessels and vestments of church use a small bough represented liturgical perfumes and a mere twig dried up from the first and almost dead represented dancing for religious dancing once existed durtal went on in ancient times it was a recognized offering of adoration a tithe of light-heartedness david leaping before the ark shows this and in the earliest christian times the faithful and the priesthood shook themselves in honour of the redeemer and fancied that by choric motion they were imitating the joy of the blessed the glee of the angels described by saint basil as executing figures in the radiant assemblies of heaven one is soon accustomed to endure masses of the kind called at toledo musarabes during which the congregation dance and gamble in the cathedral but these capers presently lose the pious character that they are supposed to bear they become an incentive to the revelry of the senses and several councils have prohibited them in the seventeenth century sacred dances still survived in some provinces we hear of them at limoges where the cure of st leonard and his parishioners pirouetted in the choir of the church in the eighteenth century their traces are found in roussillon and at the present day religious dancing still survives but the tradition of this saintly frisking is chiefly preserved in spain not long since on the day of corpus christi at compostella the procession was led through the streets by a tall man who danced carrying another on his shoulders and to this day at seville on the festival of the holy sacrament the choir children turn in a sort of slow waltz as they sing hymns before the high altar of the cathedral in other towns on the festivals of the virgin a saraband is slowly danced round her statue with striking of sticks and the rattle of castanets and to close the ceremony by way of amen the people fire off squibs all this however is of no great interest and i cannot help wondering what meaning can have been attributed to cutting capers and spinning round i find it difficult to believe that farandoles and boleros could ever represent prayer i can hardly persuade myself that it can be an act of thanksgiving to trample peppers underfoot or appearing to grind at an imaginary coffee-mill with one's arms in point of fact no one knows anything about the symbolism of dancing no record has come down to us of the meanings ascribed to it of old church dancing is really no more than a gross form of rejoicing among southern races we need mention it merely as noteworthy and that is all now from a practical point of view what has the influence of symbolism been on souls durtal could answer himself the middle ages knowing that everything on earth is a sign and a figure that the only value of things visible is in so far as they correspond to things invisible the middle ages when consequently men were not as we are the dupes of appearances made a profound study of this science and made it the nursing mother and the handmaid of mysticism convinced that the only aim that it was incumbent on man to follow 
the only end he could really need was to place himself in direct communication with heaven and to outstrip death by merging himself unifying himself to the utmost with god it tempted souls subjecting them to a moderate claustral course purged them of their earthly interests their fleshly aims and led them back again and again to the same purpose of renunciation and repentance the same ideas of justice and love and then to retain them to preserve them from themselves it enclosed them in a fence placed god all about them as it were under every form and aspect jesus was seen in everything in the fauna the flora the structure of buildings in every decoration in the use of colour whichever way man could turn he still saw him and at the same time he saw his own soul as in a mirror that reflected it in certain animals certain colours and certain plants he could discern the qualities which it was his duty to acquire the vices against which he had to defend himself and he had other examples before his eyes for the symbolists did not restrict themselves to turning botany mineralogy natural history and other sciences to the uses of a catechism some of them and among others saint melito ended by applying the process to the interpretation of every object that came in their way a cythera was to them the breast of the devout man the members of the human frame became emblematical the head was christ the hairs were the saints the nose meant discretion the nostrils the spirit of faith the eye contemplation the mouth symbolized temptation the saliva was the sweetness of the inner life the ears figured obedience the arms the love of jesus the hands stood for good works the knees for the sacrament of penance the legs for the apostles the shoulders for the yoke of christ the breast for evangelical doctrine the belly for avarice the bowels for the mysterious precepts of the lord the body and loins for suggestions of lust the bones typified hardness of heart and the marrow compunction the sinews were evil members of antichrist and these writers extended this method of interpretation to the commonest objects of daily use even to tools and vessels within reach of all thus there was an uninterrupted course of pious teaching yves de chartres tells us that priests instructed the people in symbolism and from the researches of don pitre we know that in the middle ages saint melito's treatise was popular and known to all thus the peasant learnt that his plough was an image of the cross that the furrows it made were like the hearts of saints freshly tilled he knew that sheaves were the fruit of repentance flower the multitude of the faithful the granary the kingdom of heaven and it was the same with many pursuits in short this method of analogies was a bidding to everybody to watch and pray better thus utilized symbolism became a break to check the forward march of sin and at the same time a sort of lever to uplift souls and help them to overleap the stages of the mystical life this science translated into so many languages was no doubt intelligible only in broad outline to the masses and sometimes when it percolated through the labyrinthine maze of such minds as that of the worthy bishop of mande it appeared overwrought full of contradictions and of double meanings it seems then as if the symbolist were splitting a hair with embroidery scissors but in spite of the extravagance it tolerated and smiled at the church succeeded nevertheless by these tactics of repetition in saving souls and carrying out on a large scale the production of saints then came the renaissance and symbolism was wrecked at the same time as church architecture mysticism in the stricter sense of the word more fortunate than its handmaidens survived that period of festive dishonour for it may be safely asserted that though it was unproductive while living through that period it flourished anew in spain producing its noblest blossoms in st john of the cross and st teresa 
since then doctrinal mysticism seems dried up at the source not so however as regards personal mysticism which still dwells acclimatized and flourishing in convents as to the liturgy and plain song they too have gone through very various phases after being dissected and filtered in the numberless provincial uses the liturgy was brought back to the standard of rome by the efforts of don Guéranger, and it may be hoped that the benedictines at last will also bring all the churches back to the strict use of plain song and this church above all sighed durtal he looked at his cathedral loving it better than ever now that he was to part from it for a few days to impress it the better on his memory he tried to sum it up to concentrate it saying to himself it is the epitome of heaven and earth of heaven by showing us the serried phalanx of its inhabitants prophets patriarchs angels and saints lighting up the interior of the church by their transparent figures by singing to the glory of the mother and the son of earth for it connotes the elation of the soul the ascension of man it points out quite clearly to christian souls the path of the perfect life they to apprehend its symbolism should enter by the royal doorway and pass up the nave the transept and the choir the three successive phases of asceticism reach the top of the cross where surrounded by the chapels of the apse as by a crown the head of the saviour lies his neck bent as we see them symbolized by the altar and the deflected axis of the church there the pilgrim has reached the united ways close to the virgin who mourns no more as she does in the agonizing scene on calvary at the foot of the tree but under the figure of the sacristy remains veiled by the side of her son's countenance getting closer to him the better to comfort and to see him and this allegory of the mystical life as set forth by the interior of the cathedral is carried out by the exterior in the suppliant effect of the whole building the soul distraught by the joy of union heartbroken at having still to live only aspires now to escape forever from the gehenna of the flesh thus it beseeches the bridegroom with the uplifted arms of its towers to take pity on it to come to fetch it to take it by the clasped hands of its spires and snatch it from the earth to carry it up with him into heaven in short this church is the finest expression of art bequeathed to us by the middle ages the great front has neither the awful majesty of that of reims pierced as it is with tracery nor the dull melancholy of notre dame de paris nor the gigantic grace of amiens nor the massive solemnity of bourges but it is full of imposing simplicity a lightness a spring which no other cathedral has attained to the nave of amiens alone grows beautifully less as it rises with as eager a spring from the earth but the body of the amiens church is light and uncomforting and that of chartres is mysterious and hushed of all cathedrals it is that which best suggests the idea of a delicate saintly woman emaciated by prayer and almost transparent by fasting and then its windows are matchless superior even to those of bourges where again the sanctuary blossoms with glorious clumps of holy persons and finally the sculpture of the west front the royal portal is the most beautiful the most superterrestrial statuary ever wrought by the hand of man and it is almost unique in having none of the woeful and threatening solemnity of its noble sisters scarce a demon is to be seen watching and grinning on its walls to torture souls in a few small figures it shows indeed the variety of penance but that is all and within the virgin is above all else the mother of bethlehem jesus too is more or less her child he yields to her when she entreats him it proclaims the plenitude of her patience and charity by the length of the crypt and the breadth of the nave which are greater than those of other churches 
in fact it is the mystical cathedral that where the madonna is most graciously ready to receive the sinner now said durtal looking at his watch the abbe gevresin must have finished his breakfast it is time to take leave of him before joining the abbe plon at the station he crossed the forecourt of the palace and rang at the priest's door so you are sure you are going said madame bavoil who opened the door and admitted him to her master well yes i envy you sighed the abbe for you will be present at wonderful services and hear admirable music i hope so and if only that could relieve the tension could release me a little from this incoherent frame of mind in which i wander and allow me to feel at home once more in my own soul and not in a strange place open to all the winds ah your soul wants locks and latches said madame bavoil laughing it is a public mart where every distraction meets to chatter i am constantly driven out and when i want to go home again they are in possession oh i quite understand that you know the proverb who goes hunting loses his seat by the hearth that is all very well to say but but our friend the lord foresaw your case when with reference to such distractions which flutter about the soul like this he replied to the venerable jeanne de martel who complained of such annoyances that she should imitate the hunter who when he misses the big game he is seeking seizes the smaller prey he may find ay but even then he must find it go and live in peace then said the abbe do not fret yourself with wondering whether your soul is enclosed or no and take this piece of advice you are accustomed are you not to repeat prayers that you know by heart and it is especially under those circumstances that wandering supervenes well then set those prayers aside and restrict yourself to following very regularly the prayers of the services in the convent chapel you are less familiar with them and merely to follow them you will be obliged to read them with care thus you will be less likely to have a divided mind no doubt replied durtal but when i have not repeated the prayers i am wont to say i feel as though i had not prayed at all i know that this is absurd still there is no faithful soul who does not know the feeling when the text of his prayers is altered the abbe smiled the best prayers said he are those of the liturgy those which god himself has taught us those alone which are expressed in language worthy of him in his own language they are complete and supreme for all our desires all our regrets all our wailing are contained in the psalms the prophet foresaw and said everything leave him then to speak for you and thus as your interpreter before god give you his help as to the prayers you may feel moved to address to god apart from the hours devoted to the purpose let them be short imitate the recluses of egypt the fathers in the desert who were masters in the art of supplication this is what old isaac said to cassian pray briefly and often lest if your orisons be long the enemy will come to disturb them follow these two rules and they will save you from secret upheaval so go in peace and if any trouble should overtake you do not hesitate to consult the abbe plon eh our friend cried madame bavoil laughing and you might also cure yourself of wandering thoughts by the method employed by the abbess of saint or when she chanted the psalter she sat in a chair of which the back was garnished with a hundred long nails and when she felt herself wandering she pressed her shoulder firmly against the points there is nothing better i can tell you for bringing folks back to reality and recalling their wandering attention thank you indeed there is another thing she went on not laughing now you ought to postpone your departure for a day or two for the day after to-morrow is a festival of the virgin 
they expect pilgrims from paris and the shrine containing our mother's veil will be carried in procession through the streets oh no cried durtal i have no love for worship in common when our lady holds these solemn assizes i get out of the way i wait till she is alone before i visit her hosts of people shouting canticles with eyes strained to heaven or looking for jesus on the ground by way of unction are too much for me i am all for the forlorn queens for the deserted churches and dark chapels i am of the opinion of st john of the cross who confesses that he does not love the pilgrimage of crowds because one comes back more distracted than when one started no what is really a grief to me to leave in quitting chartres is that very silence that solitude in the cathedral those interviews with the virgin in the gloom of the crypt and the twilight of the nave ah here alone can one feel near her and see her in fact he went on after a moment's reflection one does see her in the strictest sense of the word or at least can fancy that she is there if there is a spot where i can call up her face her attitude in short her portrait it is at chartres and how is that well monsieur l'abbé we have no trustworthy information as to our mother's face or figure her features are unknown intentionally i feel sure in order that each one may contemplate her under the aspect that best pleases him and incarnate her in the ideal beauty of his dreams for instance saint epiphanius describes her as tall with olive eyes arched and very black eyebrows an aquiline nose a rosy mouth and a golden-toned skin this is the vision of an oriental take maria d'agreda on the other hand she thinks of the virgin as slender with black hair and eyebrows eyes dark and greenish a straight nose scarlet lips and a brown skin you recognize here the spanish ideal of beauty imagined by the abbess again turn to sister emmerich according to her mary was fair-haired with large eyes a rather long nose a narrow pointed chin a clear skin and not very tall here we have the description given by a german who does not admire dark beauty and yet both of these women were real seers to whom the madonna appeared assuming in each case the only aspect that could fascinate them just as she was seen to be the model of mere prettiness the only type they could understand by melanie at la salette and bernadette at lourdes well i who am no visionary and who must appeal to my imagination to picture her at all i fancy i discern her under the forms and expressions of the cathedral itself the features are a little confused in the pale splendour of the great rose window that blazes behind her head like a nimbus she smiles and her eyes all light have the incomparable effulgence of those pure sapphires which light up the entrance to the nave her slight form is diffused in a clear robe of flame striped and ribbed like the drapery of the so-called berthe her face is white like mother of pearl and her hair a circular tissue of sunshine radiates in threads of gold she is the bride of canticles pulcra ut luna electa ut sol the church which is her dwelling-place and one with her is luminous with her grace the gems of the windows sing to her praise the slender columns shooting upwards from the pavement to the roof symbolize her aspirations and desires the floor tells of her humility the vaulting meeting to form a canopy over her speaks of her charity the stones and glass echo hymns to her there is nothing down to the military aspect of certain details of the sanctuary the chivalrous touch which is a reminiscence of the crusades the sword blades and shields of the lancet windows and the roses the helm-shaped arches the coat of mail that clothes the older spire the iron trellis pattern of some of the panes nothing that does not arouse a memory of the passage at prime and the hymn at louds in the minor office of the virgin 
and typify the terribilis ut castrorum acies ordonata the privilege she possesses when she chooses to use it of being terrible as an army arrayed for battle but she does not often choose to exert here i believe this cathedral mirrors rather her inexhaustible sweetness her indivisible glory ah much shall be forgiven you because you have loved much cried madame bavoile and durtal having risen to say good-bye she kissed him affectionately maternally and said we will pray with all our might our friend that god may enlighten you and show you your path may lead you himself into the way you ought to go i hope monsieur l'abbé that during my absence your rheumatism will grant you a little respite said durtal pressing the old priest's hand oh i must not wish to have no sufferings at all for there is no cross so heavy as having none replied the abbé so do as i do or rather do better than i for i still repine put a cheerful face on your aridity and your trials good-bye god bless you and may the great mother of madonnas of france the sweet lady of chartres protect you added madame bavoile and when the door was shut she added with a sigh certainly i should be very grieved if he left our town for ever for that friend is almost like a child of our own at the same time i should be very very happy to think of him as a true monk then she began to laugh father said she will they cut his moustache off if he enters the cloister undoubtedly she tried to imagine durtal clean-shaven and she concluded with a laugh i do not think it will improve his beauty oh these women said the abbe shrugging his shoulders and what in short asked she may we hope for from this journey it is not of me that you should ask that madame bavoile very true said she and clasping her hands she murmured it depends on thee help him in his poverty remember that he can do nothing without thine aid holy temptress of men our lady of the pillar virgin of the crypt end of section sixteen end of the cathedral by jory karl heismans translated by clara bell